At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Bramberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances... Set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Bread Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing and co-consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs. We help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. Actually, something that I know has been on your front burner lately, finding investors. Oh, yes, please. Could I have several? (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Um, It it certainly appears that there is no slowdown in this activity for Q4, if events are any indication. (laughs) We just spent a day with investors from China at Seattle BizTech and Two major investor summits are taking place in Europe as we speak. The NOAA Conference and Lunch Summit in Lisbon. While it's questionable will actually get funded at these, they are nevertheless excellent opportunities to make contact with potential investors. We certainly saw a lot of that at the Chinese investor event. Yes, we did. Uh, so, and tell us, um, you know, What do we want to tell our listeners, apart from putting links of these events into our Facebook page? Well, I'm concerned about how many times startups actually qualify their potential investors so they don't waste their precious time and effort going after those who will never fund them, i.e. barking up the wrong tree. Oh, my heavens, have I done that for an ever, ever so long time. It took me a long time to sort out. Yeah what exactly I was looking for in an investor. Um, you, you end up kissing a lot of frogs before you get to your friend. Um, and that goes kind of both ways. Who am I the right match? Um, and so on. So you have to find an investor who wants to invest in your kind of a company. And that took me a long time. It is not spaghetti against the wall. You've got to get very focused. So let's assume you're looking for funding and you've done some great, succeeded in getting your first meeting with a potential investor, right? So you pack up your terrifically tuned pitch deck, of course, right? And um, if you're not confident about that, uh, check our podcast called Perfect Pitch. 
cranberry.shows forward slash CEO. Find the podcast called Perfect Pitch. Uh, you really But the question is, once you've done that, what else do you need to know? How do you prepare for that meeting? So Alec Iskold wrote recently that there are 11 questions that you should ask investors in your first meeting. 11. Okay. Now, these questions qualify potential investors in your funnel and they stick to reality, right? They avoid happy ears, you know, that optimistic way we have of hearing, oh, maybe as a yes and no as a maybe. Right? Alex should know. He's managing director of Techstars in New York City and has invested in more than 50 companies. Now, here's what he'd like to hear you ask in your first meeting with him. So listen up, folks. If Alex says so, this is probably a pretty good idea. First, and I'm quoting directly, are you interested in potentially investing in my company? And if so, what are the next steps? Well, there's a good qualifier, don't you think, Anne? Yeah, um, Iskold says no, no, capital N-O, first meeting should take place, should end without you asking this question. Whether it's an angel or VC doesn't matter, he insists. Investors make up their minds quickly whether they are interested. This is information you need to know because why waste your time on someone who doesn't really want to continue the conversation? Ask and find out where you stand. And if necessary, move on. Listen to the language. A a vague statement by an investor is what is known as a soft no, and it means this one is not interested. Move on. But if the investor suggests a follow-up call or meeting, then you have interest. It's a green light to proceed. Yeah, I would totally agree, and I've actually even baked that into my initial emails as I'm looking for global investors for some of our startups in our portfolio. What you do is you say, if this is an interesting addition to your portfolio, please let me know. I'm available to answer any questions or share additional information at your leisure. Right? So you tell them it's at their schedule. You tell them that you'd like to know right away whether they're interested, and if so, you will pour out everything else, right? But get that question out first, and sometimes your first meeting is simply an email. All right, so second, you ask, what is your investment process, and how long does it take? Now, I've had investors ask me, what is your reasonable timeline for completion of this round? They want to know if they can actually perform quickly enough. If I tell them December and it's November, right, chances are they're going to say we're going to pass. I better have enough lifeline rope in my kitty or enough way to figure out how to operate with zero money until this thing can get closed. So figure it out. If you have a small angel deal, well, it can be done in somewhere between, say, two and four weeks. They've got to do their due diligence first. And otherwise... You'd better be really ready to wait until they have proper process done. So timing and process varies widely from angel to VC to PE, right? How quickly decisions get made, it depends on so many factors. How many are involved in the decision, who they are in their organizations, and if you hear you will be talked about in the next part movement, but brace yourself for a quick no to come out of such a meeting and brace yourself for that meeting to take place in two months from now. Honestly, Jillian, this feels eerily familiar, doesn't it? If we had a nickel for every time 
<laughs> well, all our companies would be funded. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Yeah, one key reason you need to get a sense of how long an investor's process will take is whether you can hold out for this one. Have we not all been party to those nail-biting times waiting for investors to decide while we scrape the bottom of the operating fund's barrel? Yes, and sometimes you go over, no question about it. So, yes, understand what the process is so that you know what you have to get prepared for them. And number two, how long is this going to take? The related question is, what is your check size? I usually ask, what's your sweet spot for investment? You're right. And that would say, what sectors are you interested in and how much money do you invest in? You need to know whether they're talking about um, you know, $500,000 checks or whether they're talking about $50,000 checks or $10,000 checks when you get to the angels or whether they're talking about $10 million and up. So the amounts invested very widely by each investor. They have a pretty clearly defined uh, set of parameters, including minimums. Now, while we can understand how much you uh, might be eager and even desperate to take any check size, the right fit does matter, and it matters deeply in acquiring investments. If you're raising a million and the investor talking to you has a minimum of two or ten, there are myriad reasons why your company is not a right fit for that investor. Right? Your company's not ready, but you want to keep your options open for the next round. Right? You can't talk to a $10 million investor when you're raising half a million bucks. You are not ready for that investor. You want to get on their uh, you know, sites, if you will. You want to get on their agenda for the future. You want to be able to keep them updated in your progress, but be very clear. I'm not ready yet, but I'd like to introduce you to the idea. Okay. Fourth, and another related question is, how many more investments are you planning to make this year? Oh, there's a good one, Anne. Yeah, you'll save a lot of time if you establish upfront whether this investor has capacity or not at this time or has a full portfolio. You know, you shouldn't be surprised if you still get a meeting. The investor may simply want to hear about your company. Yes, that's true. And they may be interested next year. We just ran into that, right? We're looking at now November uh, budget for investment and it starts in January and many of them do. They're pretty tapped out. Right? If there were some good ideas coming down the pipe, they may just be tapped out. So that doesn't mean they won't be investing in uh, 2017. It just means they'd like to get ready. So if you can hang on, that's interesting. Question number five. Who else needs to be involved to make the decision to invest? Very good question for the person you're talking to. That's right. Uh, you The... You want to find your champion and the one who can cut a check for you. Understanding the route to a decision is critical to your success. You know, these may not be the one who cuts the check, the one who's your champion. Um, but you want to meet with a decision maker, and who that is will vary from firm and type of firm. Angel firms make decisions differently from venture capital firms, even doing seed stage investing. If you don't get a meeting with or decision makers, well, that's kind of a soft no answer. If a firm is really interested in investing in your company, the be I agree. We're going to have to take a break here at CEO Coach, but uh, we do have some more tips here at question number five. So next we'll have some insights from Elizabeth Yin on how investors uh, benchmark companies, something you definitely need to know as you pitch potential investors. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. 
Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome. We're talking today about pitching investors. We looked at some of the questions every founder should ask in the first meeting with a potential investor, as described by Alec. Alex Ixcold, uh, he's the managing director at Techstars in New York City and an investor many times over. Now, <clears throat> not that these may be easy to ask, mind you, but indeed they are usually very uncomfortable. But asking the right questions is going to save you marking up the wrong tree. And if you are focused on investment, you want to get it done and get it done quickly. So listen up. In the first segment, we told you about Alex's questions that had to do with gauging interest, timing, constraints, and capacity, all data points relevant to your funding funnel. Now, let's look at another way to understand your funnel and whether you're talking to someone who can or will fund you or whether they're just having a nice chat. So, Anne, tell us about Elizabeth Yin's work. Elizabeth Yin is a a partner in 500 Startups. Uh, She runs a, a blog that we follow closely and we recommend you do too. Uh, it's at blog.elizabethyin.com. We'll put a link on our Facebook page. Uh, her goal is to demystify seed stage funding, um, which should be of keen interest to all the startup founders listening to us. So in this particular one, she asks, how will investors benchmark your startup? This matters. Because you don't want to waste precious time barking up the wrong tree. Despite how badly you think you need cash, your time is way more limited and valuable, really. So how seed investors benchmark and, in fact, classify startups. Let's make sure you're on topic and on message when you approach them. In her blog, bringing... Transparency to seed investing, Yin names four categories of startup, in her words, simplistically, because she admits she found this confusing with her own startup. As well, she acknowledges that these really only apply to software companies, but I think they're takeaways we can um, extrapolate here. The group she names are, one, super high-tech companies. Think Google, Facebook, Amazon. 
Two, high infrastructure companies. Three, free consumer apps. And four is uh, everything else. <laughs> okay. So drilling uh, down, uh, what, what's she talking about there? Well, she said, start with number one, super high-tech companies. They are rarer than most entrepreneurs think especially those who think they have such a startup. Get it? You know, they're just not that many. They have a super high tech startup, but not everybody does. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, the way to figure out if it's a a super high tech company, the way she does it is she says, um, if it's a category that applies to companies who are building a technology that is so difficult that only a small subset of people in the world can build it. What she says um, is, is her style of qualifying is to ask, is this something I could personally teach myself to build within a year as a mediocre self-taught developer? <laughs> kind of brings you up short, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, she points out there are a lot of things you can learn to do on YouTube. <laughs> the point is, in this case, um, in a, if you truly have a one that requires such advanced and rare talent to build it. It is the team that's important. Um, Do you have on your team some of the few people in the world who can build what pedigree is really, really critical here? Most of the uh, teams on such or won DARPA challenges or have PhDs in related studies. There is no room for the self-taught here. Yes, I would totally agree. So um, looking at the pedigree of your will tell you whether or not you really should announce that you are one of these you know, high-tech companies. Okay, yeah. so if the startup is indeed a high-tech company of this magnitude, then what do you do? By all means, push your stellar team to the forefront because that will give investors confidence that you can take this to the finish. Got it. All right. What's your second category? The second category, high infrastructure companies. These are the ones that serve industries outside healthcare and finance, where there are big opportunities. Um, There are also big obstacles, too, and many of them are regulatory. I'm thinking in particular of healthcare, which means revenues may be delayed by legalities. But the need for a highly focused team remains. Here, your investors will be looking for direct vertical knowledge as well as that stellar um, technical ability. Yes, and we have, for example, a company in our portfolio that certainly is considered one of those high infrastructure companies um, in the healthcare sector and has a team with very deep vertical knowledge, uh, both in the technology sector, interestingly enough, as well as in the health sciences sector. And that's what makes the company um, uh, focused, if you will, and able to take this to the finish line. So very interesting stuff. Okay. Startups in the third category. Free consumer app companies need lots of users and high engagement and retention rates. If this is your startup, Make sure you have convincing strategies for getting millions of users. Sound familiar? Uh, Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So we certainly have companies in that sector as well. So a strategy to get millions of users without a clear and convincing one, you're probably not going to get funded. So what does Yen say about it? Well, she also says that uh, as a corollary, you need to be ready to articulate your high-level plan for future monetization. There is a lot of competition in this space, and you will be benchmarked against 
your competitors for user-based growth, growth and user engagement. In short... Critical things, user growth and user engagement. And I think, as you recall, Anne, we encouraged uh, our startup company here to uh, do market research and to do lots of it in advance, to actually uh, benchmark the size of the pent-up demand, uh, the potential for uh, garnering such a community of uh, consumers, uh, what's the cost per acquisition. I mean, once you get all of that stuff down, it's really that kind of a play, right? It's going to cost us X to get these consumers, and we're going to be able to monetize them for Y. Get very clear on that. And it's time to talk about your brilliant engineering team. Instead, focus on how you are attracting and engaging customers, what we call traction. Yes. All right, what's the fourth category? That was the everything else. Covers a lot of companies in Yin's view that can and should generate revenue right out of the gate. Potential investors want to know how your startup will do that. Again, this is not the time to put your team of engineers forward, but instead talk about your market, traction, and go-to-market strategies. Okay, okay. So you can see how important uh, knowing where your startup actually fits on this spectrum is and how you might approach those potential seed investors. So I, I think Elizabeth Yin uh, always closes her posts with a, uh, a line that says, Fundraising is a nebulous process that I aim to make more transparent. So uh, Anne and I love her work, and we urge you to read more of her insights. You can sign up at elizabethyin.us11.list-manage1.com forward slash subscribe. And that's a mouthful. So unless you want to play this back and forth again and again, head to our Facebook page. We'll pop this in there. You can find this link and many more at facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. So head to Facebook and get to CEO Coach Podcast. You'll find information on how to get this. That would be an easy click. Yes. Brilliant work. We have a couple of minutes before the break, and I just wanted to reiterate why I think this idea that you have to uh, really sort your investors into the appropriate funnels is so critically important. And it reminds me of, oh, I, perhaps it was last year, Jillian, when we were, um, when you were judging the uh, uh, Seattle BizTech and every single company that stood up and pitched had their list of their, um, their uh, team first. Yeah. Here's our brilliant team. And, it fell so flat to me. Now, yes, what did you think of that? There was only one company, and it was really an artificial intelligence company. Everybody else was, you know, pretending and playing games and so on. They would like to be but weren't. Um, you know, what do we call that? Wannabes? You know, they want to yep. be but they aren't, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, I, I totally agree. Only the artificial intelligence company had any reason to talk about the brilliance of the team. Everybody else was actually a consumer play, and uh, it made no difference who was going to go market that thing. They could have outsourced it. It made no difference at all. That's right. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break now, and then we'll come back with our top tips for fundraising, especially how to avoid barking up the wrong tree. This is CEO Coach. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? 
Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We've been talking today about seed funding for startups and how to improve your chances of getting funded by asking better questions and positioning your startup where it belongs on the spectrum. So we have a number of top tips, but before we dive into that, Anne, I just want to say that, um, again, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, I spent a great deal of time throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to find someone who would fund, you know, a startup. It wasn't something that I was very good at when I began, and I learned a lot of lessons along the way, uh, because we've helped now a number of companies to get funded, right? One of the things was certainly to understand where you sit on the spectrum. And I think Elizabeth Ying's four um, uh, varieties is a very good uh, beginning. The second thing, though, is to identify the kind of investor who invests in your sector. LinkedIn is brilliant for this kind of thing. If you're looking for angels particularly, you can find organizations that will gather need for a particular uh, you know, startup. For example, we have a social venture, right? Line does social good and intends to make a great deal of money as well. There are social investors around the world and they join groups and they have names on those groups. You find one or two such investors by looking at the uh, words social investor or impact investor. You get good at the language, you get good at search. Once you've done that, if you even if you do a standard search on you know Google and um, uh, look for impact investors, you will find groups that gather those kinds of folks, and then you'll find them around the world. Once you do that, you can find the members, you can connect with them on LinkedIn, you get through to them, and so on. It's a really fine process constantly refining who it is you're looking for, understanding the search terms that will lead you to the groups of them and lead you to the individuals of them. And then if you're looking for venture capital, you do exactly the same thing. You look at the kinds of things and uh, companies that these folks have invested in before and you say, ah, these guys do travel, those guys do AI, the other guy does something in B2B, you know, this is a fintech company. You figure it out. Get good at the words figure out what they're called, go find those VCs. Now, once you're inside, 
make sure you're talking to the right person, right? Anything kind of below the top, you're really not talking to the right person. So now with that, Anne, let's go through our top tips. What's the first one? Well, the first one comes from Alex Iskold, um, and it is to be bold. Ask the tough questions, such as, are you interested in my company? Up front, so you don't waste your time with an unlikely investor. Totally brilliant, right? You'll know whether you got the right guy. Okay, number two. Know what your startup is. This comes from Elizabeth Yin, talking about how uh, investors benchmark potential investments. Is your company a super high tech, less likely, or a free consumer app, more likely? And present it so that your team or traction will resonate with a likely investor. Absolutely. So yes, knowing honest to yourself about it helps you to be straightforward and honest with others, much more likely to get funded. Nobody funded all those companies we went to who pretended they were in, you know, high tech stuff and they needed their brilliant team to get moving forward when really it was a B2C play and they just had to be there first. They weren't focused on the right things, focused on the right things. Good work for Elizabeth Ying. What's number three? Don't waste your time being column fodder or brain dump. Uh, the, the point here is that it may be rather flattering to have some PE company or some investment, some angels say, oh, come on and talk to us. You need to find out before you put the time and effort into that whether they actually are likely to fund you. Uh, because if not, they may be gathering information. They may be even gathering information for uh, on competition for an investment they already have So in your space. So qualify your I've investors before you get there. Yes, I've had it happen an awful lot in which uh, folks say, sure, we'd be uh, delighted. I'll send over your executive summary. It's like, I'm not even sure I'm sending you that much because it seemed to me there was something in the conversation, either verbal or in email, that said to me, wait a minute, now they're just checking us out against another competitive option. So be careful. Don't be column fodder, brain dump. Know where your startup sits in the four uh, sectors that Elizabeth Yin uh, laid out and uh, stop by our Facebook page, pick up that link and go sign up for Elizabeth Yin's work. Brilliant if you are looking for uh, funding. And finally, be bold and ask the tough questions. That's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. You can get them at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by, hit that like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. We'll get it covered for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. And you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.